When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Native Community Capital is your trusted partner for home loans or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272. Let's work together to rebuild tribal economies. Kuanbioma Law PLLC is 100% native owned and operated, founded by Vern Kuanbioma. Their practice areas include corporate law, business transactions, finance, economic development, gaming, casino development, online gaming, real estate, environmental permitting and approvals, telecommunications, government affairs, employment and labor relations, historic preservation and cultural resources, and energy. Kuanbioma Law is committed to making positive and lasting change in our communities as they support nonprofit volunteering community activism and employing Indian preference in hiring and vendor relations. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me, as always, the Doc Ock to my Spider-Man, the Mozilla to my Firefox, Carl. <laughs> he, he means to say I'm the Batman and he's the Robin. <laughs> but man, it is great to be back here in the studio. I, I miss this place, all this... You know, all the asbestos here and uh, <laughs> all the, you know, all the little bugs that I have not killed yet. You know, I miss those guys. And I mean, and it was so, it's so great to be back here in the studio. Happy belated New Year. Exactly. We are celebrating the 2022 year. It's funny. I have a hard time pronouncing 2022. 22. I don't know why it just kind of trips me up, but happy 2022 <laughs> To uh, all of our listeners I, out I, there, I usually uh, I don't I don't pronounce it 2022 now. I I list it as 2020 part two <laughs> because that's where all the problems started. Was year 2020, and this is a part two version of it. So. And, and the way that uh, the the COVID rates are going back up, it feels like it's it, exactly it, yeah all over again. So I guess that that is a, a pretty accurate <laughs> statement to say that it is 2020 part two. <laughs> Instead of just saying 2022, but thank you to all the listeners for having patience with us. We were on a, like a two month break. This was like Basically, the longest yeah. break that we've had. And oh my God, dude, like I felt like I really needed it. I was really appreciative that I could actually enjoy the holiday season, that I could enjoy Christmas, that I could enjoy the new year, enjoy football, fantasy football, everything that goes along with it. But now we're back to work and, you know, I was itching to get back. Here. Yeah. I was actually excited about coming back to work. <laughs> exactly. Same here as well, too, is because um, there's nothing to do out here on the reservation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I have a hobby. I collect uh, cameras and I collect obscure 
basically obscure cameras. And that kind of kept me busy throughout the whole break season. And so it's, it's weird because I don't really take pictures of people or landscapes. I just collect them because it's cool to collect. <laughs> Plus film is so expensive. You know, I buy all my cameras and I have no more money for film to nope. develop. Yeah. No kidding. I, I bought my daughter one of those, uh, those mini, I don't know what they're called. Those Fuji, they're, 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 oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like Polaroids. Yeah, Polaroids. But they're smaller. Yeah. The and little, I bought her one of those. Yeah. And I bought her some film yesterday. I was like, God damn, this is expensive. expensive. Yeah. Film photography is expensive. So if you don't want to be, uh, a, a, you know, if, if drugs are not for you, you know, photography is probably the best <laughs> thing as well too, because it gets you high at the same time and it breaks and, your and heart. And still... <laughs> Uh, spending and you're still spending the same, the same amount, amount of money. Of money. So. <laughs> exactly. But you know, I, I really do appreciate the, your patience out there, fellas, you know, people who do want to listen to us and yeah, of course we, we did need that break because yeah, it was, it was, uh, getting, it was kind of getting to us. We were kind of getting at each other's throats at one moment of time. Yeah. I almost took a couple of swings at you several times and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I told you this, but I ended up in Facebook jail a few times. Uh, oh, really? Because I wanted to write threatening <laughs> comments under the comments that you make on Facebook. And then Facebook said, wait a minute, this goes against our, uh, our policies. Our policies. Uh, yeah. And so there was a couple of days where I was banned from Facebook <laughs> trying to threaten you. That these threats didn't get out. But it was, it's so glad to be back here in the studio. So glad to be back here with a brand new season, season seven. And before we get into today's episodes, that I do have some shout outs that I Perfect. would like to give. Some special shout outs to some special folks, contributors that continue to keep us fed during the long two month layover. And so big shouts out to Alexis Kehi, to Terry Hanani, to Troy Lamavaya, Deidre Leslie, Shane Dempsey, Jaris Billigodi, our dad. <laughs> Shouts out to Aaron McEmris, Shane Thalayamtiwa, Donovan Goldtooth, and Dion Sanina, both pre prior guests of the podcast, to our boy Millard Gawanyama and Gary Lamayasva. All right. Well, thank you guys. I mean, there were a little bit more extra, but I'm pretty sure that financial hardships kind of hit that, you know, hit you as well too. But again, if you do want to become a monthly donor or monthly sponsor, just go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 and donate, you know, $1.99 or nine ninety nine, whichever one is your flavor. The cheaper flavor is usually my flavors. So. <laughs> but, you know, I did, I do have a shout out and it's probably going to take at least about five minutes to do a <laughs> shout out as well too. <laughs> All right. Just wake me up when you're done. All right. That, perfect. So. so I, I, uh, on, on Facebook, I have, um, I have a subscription to, uh, podcast nation and on podcast nation, I put on our episodes. I put on our, who we are and stuff and people congratulate us and people like, like, um, People who want to listen to new podcasts actually go there and look at new podcasts. And I've been listening to a lot of new podcasts out there. And so one of these podcasts uh, that that kind of stuck out to me is called We Gotta Talk, Damn It. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name is uh, Freddie Mac, and um, it, it, he's he's a really good guy. He's uh, he talks about all of these random things, and he's uh, he's basically just uh, a guy that 
talks about like the political world or political ideas and he kind of makes fun of the 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 ideas of ways of how we are or how like the the Americans are and you know he's he's a landscaper he does that you know he has uh three kids and he he has a, his own podcast so go ahead and check him out we got a talk damn it podcast um he's a great guy awesome awesome shouts out to him was that five minutes? Um, probably. Five minutes from that real quick? Probably. Okay, and so you're done? <laughs> I'm done. Okay. <laughs> I, for some reason, I thought you had like a long list of people that you wanted to <laughs> shout out, but shout out to Carl, shout out. And then, uh, you know, today I think that, you know, our, the title of the episode is Happy Hopey New Year. Happy so, Hopey New Year. Although we are a little late in, uh, I guess, classic res fashion <laughs> that the new year was uh, several weeks ago. And so now we're barely getting to around to talking about it. But just talking about the new year, because I know that for a lot of folks... The way that they perceive a new year is like a new beginning. Oh, yeah. It's like pressing reset when you're playing your video game and, you know, you get a chance to kind of do things a little bit better from when you did it originally the first time and get another stab at it. And, you know, I I kind of think of it as as that too as uh, as well, because I think that, you know, in a lot of things that I'm involved involved in, especially business wise, that when the new year does come, it is a reset. Oh, yeah. That it is a brand new start to the new year and that you're able to start all over again. But this time you have the wisdom of last year and all of the pitfalls that <laughs> it, you made to be able to exactly. do a little bit better this year. So I guess, you know, kind of the, one of the things that I wanted to share with our listeners is how do we, Carl and J-Man, go into the new year? Like, like, do you have uh, New Year's resolutions? Do you set goals for yourself or do you just kind of like some people just like you're waking out of bed and rolling into the day still wearing your PJs (laughs) and have your hair all messy and stuff like that? Man, you know, resolutions, those are, that's a 90s thing, right? That's like, uh, that's like that whole 90s era thing where it's like uh, you make a resolution for the new year, like, you know, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to find the love of my life. (laughs) Or, I'm going to find love. I'm going to find love or, you know, like I'm going to really tackle this, uh, you know, this problem that I have. And then you go into the new year thinking like, you know, oh, man, I got to do you're upbeat and everything like that. And when you get older, then you're like, you know, you know, screw this thing. Here. <laughs> you're, you're still dealing with yeah, I'm still, uh, 2021 I'm still, problems. I'm still dealing. Like, I'm, still de- I'm still dealing with like 1999 problems. <laughs> <laughs> So, so long answer no, then you don't. No, I don't. I don't set these resolutions. I don't set goals for myself for some reason. I just don't have that capacity to, to set something like that. Well, if I could use our platform to share what some of my goals are, and then maybe while I'm saying what some of my goals are, maybe you can think about it and see if there's something that you'd like to accomplish. All right. Kind of on the more materialistic side, I told the Res Famous Wife that 2022 is going to be the year that I finally buy myself a suit. <laughs> and so that is one of my resolutions. Yeah, yeah that deserves, that deserves that. Yeah, that deserves that. Why buy a suit? Because I think that, you know, the podcast is growing. Yeah, okay. And that, you know, the more that we grow, the more, and we have been invited yeah. to participate in community um, events, events yeah. to present to the community and talk about the podcast that I want to dress the part of a successful assimilated <laughs> Indian man. <laughs> I have a leisure suit. Does that does that count? It's like it's like velour. Not not, not when the the pants are uh, sweatpants. Like it's a track suit. It has one color. 
So that's is that does that count? <laughs> it might, but yeah. On the more serious side, though, I think that a few a few of my other goals is I I actually have been training for a half marathon. Okay, and I'm actually going to run this coming Monday. Really? So actually, when the listeners are listening to us, I would I would have already ran the half marathon. Well, you know, congratulations to you and. I'm pretty sure that, you know, the listeners uh, are wondering if you did, if you died during the, that The time. listeners will be wondering if I finished or not. And so <laughs> yeah. if, if the podcast cancels after this episode, then, then you'll know yeah, how if, I did. If in, the in podcast the goes like Carl's, Carl saves the world now. <laughs> <laughs> but I really would like to continue to stay running. Yeah. For the foreseeable future. So, you know, and a lot of that is, uh, I guess, just to, uh, for health reasons. Exactly. To, to, to keep the weeha off and then to get my fit, skinny uh, high school body back yeah. again. And then, you know, just to be able to feel good. Because I think that as you go into your 30s and then we're getting closer to our 40s, how awful you feel exactly. when you eat certain things or how awful you feel just uh, from getting out of bed. Just you, because the older you get, we, your uh, body turns on you. That That kind of reminds me of a story. Uh, this happened last week, and we had ordered pizza from Honyamui Pizza. Mm-hmm. Shout, shout outs to them. You know, I buy their pizza all the time, Honyamui Pizza. And if you'd in, like to sponsor us. Yeah, if you like to sponsor us. Yeah, they're up in Bakavi. They have really great, email. great pizzas up there in Bakavi, you know. Uh, but anyway, we bought a pizza, and I was thinking to myself, like, man, when I was a teenager, I could scarf the whole thing, the whole thing down with hot sauce and... Yeah, with hot sauce (laughs) and cheese on there. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, and I'm like, um, so we buy the pizza and it smells so good. I get home and we open it up and I I like have a a slice and a half and I'm like, damn, I'm full. You know, (laughs) and and so as I like have some more, you know, like, you know. I got to limit myself here, <laughs> lady. I got to do that. Or, I don't want to feel like I don't crap tomorrow. feel like crap tomorrow. And, and it's weird because back then, <clears throat> back then you don't, you don't care about your body because your body is strong. Yeah. It doesn't change. And then, so I'm like, you know, the next day I've like had a heartburn <laughs> and like my stomach was rumbly all that day. And I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on? I'm like, and I was in the bathroom for like 35 minutes. God damn. <laughs> pushing and pushing Push, and pushing. Yeah, I was having a toilet baby in there. And man, it was, it was like, those two slices were horrible. And I'm like, I got to do it again. Uh, you know, the TV show, uh, Two and a Half Men. Yeah. I, I, I'm a real big fan of that show. Well, at least when it used to be good before yeah. Ashton Kutcher came on. But there was this joke that always forever makes me laugh. And it's reference to that, to the older you get <laughs> and how certain foods do something to you. The character, Alan, he says that, you know, after I eat two tacos and drink a Corona, I'm farting out blood. <laughs> <laughs> farting out blood. It's enough. Sounds like my on a Tuesday night. <laughs> but but that that's kind of one of the things that I'd like to do. And then I guess the other major goal that I have is to spend less frivolously this year. <laughs> and and so I guess uh, that would be a cut down on a lot of those trips that I that are normally exactly. been taking the last two years. You know, I've been um, ordering off of Amazon and eBay so much that I think eBay is trying to ban me from ordering. <laughs> I'm like, they're like, Carl, you spent so much money right now. We appreciate it, but give other people a chance to buy something else. You know, there's a, there's other people than you, right? 
<laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's what eBay is. When, they, when I put my other order in, I'm pretty sure there's a guy at eBay is like, oh, this guy again. <laughs> <laughs> well, since I gave those, uh, did you think of anything? Um, of any goals for, for Carl for 2022? You know, I, I I do have a little bit of goals and I, I do want to, exactly, I do want to walk more. You know, walk a little bit more, try exercise. to just a little exercise here and there, just so I don't have a heart attack at age 35. <laughs> you know, you know, those those small goals there, you know, those are the things that and I know there you can't really do anything about like the mental health, but you can try to help yourself become more aware and become more um, like healthy in your mind. And, and that's one thing that I would like to do. I, I th- well, I think, you know, as far as mental health goes, I think that for a lot of people that that's their goal to be in better in a more of a healthy state as it pertains to their mentality. And, you know, one of the things that I'm going to try to do this year a whole lot more is to read more books. Oh, yeah. Because then, you know, you get so much from reading books. It helps to develop your vocabulary. It exercises your mind. You learn so much more about the world and it just gives you a different perspective, gives you some peace. And so that's kind of one of the things that I'd like to do as far as j New Year's resolutions go in for 2022. But I think my wife's resolution for me is she'd probably like for me to cook a little bit more. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet the, the car, the car bill or, or the house payment on, on, me <laughs> on achieving, <laughs> achieving that goal. So, you know, I wanted to try that lobster thing. You remember we, were we cooking on the cooking with J-Man? Mm-hmm. Remember the lobster thing with the oh, fried yeah, bread on yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, And I was telling Soul about it. It's like, we should we should buy lobster in one of these days and we should try try doing that. And so we went to uh, Safeway and we saw the lobster. That's like 56 bucks for a lobster <laughs> tail. I'm like, how rich is J-Man to, in order to make this lobster stuff here, man? I'm not even rich enough to to have a, on just a single lobster tail. This is not going to feed six. So, so per my uh, spending less frivolously this year, it's going to be uh, catfish and fry bread catfish. instead of the lobster tail. And it's the just going to be that tilapia. The- <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, you know, because we are talking about the New Year's and, you know, because I think one of the points that you kind of wanted to talk about was kind of the differences yeah. between what it means for Hopis as the New Year approaches culturally versus how the dominant society, I guess, celebrates the new year. Like mainstream society. Mainstream yeah. society celebrates the new year because then, you know, like the new year is something that's been in our lives pretty much in its entirety that we're aware that people like to celebrate the new year. Yeah. They like to yeah. have parties. They like to congregate and, and celebrate in ways and, you know, probably just an excuse to celebrate something, to be social, etc. But Per your life, per your history experiences, what are some ways that you've celebrated the new year? You know, like Hopi's new year starts in December, mm-hmm. pretty much. And they go through a traditional where Soyalang, you have prayer feathers and they pray for the new year. And they pray for like all of the good stuff that, that, um, that the new year is to come with. And they do this early in the morning and then they sort of like suck up the sun's rays like the healing part of it and that signifies that it's the new era that you're bringing into your life and it's the new new part that you're dealing with all the taking out all of the the old stuff and taking out all your problems and then you know wishing it away and that's basically what the new year of Hopi is and it it's supposed to signify us beginning our new lives again it's, it's like what you said. It's, it is the reset button on mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. 
And so that's how you celebrate the new year. Yeah. In the white man's way. Uh, other than that, <laughs> other, other than, uh, other than, um, staying up till nine o'clock, uh, <laughs> You know, Dick Clark's uh, ball Dick that drops. <laughs> in in previous years, at least, at least for, for on on the white man side, for myself, that you know, we we used to go down to Phoenix like uh-huh. well, pretty often. I, yeah. I think I spent probably the majority of my New Year's in Phoenix, <laughs> but because they used to have the big block party, they used yeah. to have the big block party down in Tempe, and so even as kids, we would go to the block party and go hang out and see what types of activities that they got going on usually they have something for kids that games or yeah things that you can play and celebrate and you know for the most of part of my youth you know we'd stay up till midnight and watch it on tv watch the ball drop on you know whatever dick clark's yeah. channel for, for that drops and then celebrate go to bed and then that's it you know no, no other celebration but getting older and getting into those years to where you're quote unquote an adult to where you can order <laughs> The, the fire water, yeah. the, the, the bad stuff. And then so, you know, then it, then it became more of a celebration, especially when I was uh, out and about on my own, yeah. not necessarily handcuffed to my parents. And then so, you know, we'd go to those block parties in Tempe, but we'd celebrate in a different way, spending $20 to get into Fat Tuesdays, and <laughs> hanging out with all the different folks that are out down there, drinking our uh, stomachs away and, you know, barely even knowing that midnight hit and then, you know, continuing until till the wee hours of January 1st. And so, you know, I, I think that, you know, that's kind of uh, pretty, I guess, uh, consistent with how a lot of other people, young people kind of celebrate the New Year's. And then now, as you're saying, as I get older, I struggle to get to midnight. And then so, you know, me and the Res Famous Wife these days, you know, we'll just... Uh, find something for the whole family to do yeah we'll play bowling yeah. till like 10 o'clock and then you know we'll go back to either our rooms or wherever and then just watch the ball drop and the same thing 1201 we're hitting hitting, hitting the pillows the <laughs> yeah. pretty much out by then yeah exactly i mean like that's what we did this year as well too is that we really didn't celebrate uh new years it was just like we'll watch a movie and then we'll say that happy new year and then I'm pretty sure that the ball dropped somewhere, you know, in time that's faster than ours. And then we went to bed around maybe around 1030. You, you go by uh, New York's. Uh, <laughs> we just go by New York's time schedule. Like <laughs> when the ball drops in New York. Okay, we're done. It's at nine o'clock at night. And it's like, <laughs> all right, let's go. You know, <laughs> But then, you know, I, I, I think, you know, that's kind of more a reflection or at least what I shared, a reflection of how you spend New Year's in the urban areas. But out here on the reservation that people do celebrate the New Year is kind of more consistent with yeah. with, with the dominant culture oh, and, yeah. and how they celebrate it. But, you know, they'll have like bingos that will go till midnight or, you know, people will gather at families' houses and they'll um, do something to that extent. But I don't know when this started, but you do have some villages that will have buffalo dances yeah. on New Year's Eve. And then these buffalo dancers will dance at the time when it goes into midnight. And then, you know, celebrating the New Year with these buffalo dancers. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, it's it's so weird in a way. I don't know. Yeah, like what you said, too, is that I don't know when it started, but it's become a tradition now here on the Hopi Reservation that you have buffalo dances uh, happen during the New Year's Eve into the New Year's Day. And, you know, it, I guess, you know, when I when I thought of that concept, because it although it's a Hopi dance. Yeah. But it's being used to celebrate a white man's thing. Yeah. 
to to I guess to a degree because then when you like you were saying before that our idea of the new year starts in December. Yeah, is when Soyalung hits when that moon hits, and then when you go into January. Then usually by that time we're transitioned into Palmya. Yeah, and then so we're kind of done celebrating the new year by the time that we get to January. But somewhere, sometime, someone thought that oh, it would be cool if we danced buffaloes. Yeah, on New Year's yeah. Eve, and then celebrate the new year in that way. And you know, I I because I guess for for me and in, in the way that I grew up and the way that I experienced things. That I we didn't really just get up and dance. We didn't just get up and get dressed just for the hell of it. Yeah. Or yeah. whenever we wanted to. Yeah. That the only time that we got up, got dressed to dance was when it involved the village, when it involved the kivas, when it involved the kisonvi. I guess more of a more formal form way of uh, of of yeah. dancing, and so. The only other time that we did it outside of that was during Indian Day, when you're at the day school, or at, you know, <laughs> one of these various Hopi schools, where they're having、uh, Indian Day usually in September. But outside of just those two times, that we never really did that. And so, growing up as a kid, because the upper village up top, they they would always do that. They would always have buffalo dances on New Year's Eve at at、uh, at midnight. And then us lower Sino, we kind of you know turn our noses up and like, oh, they're just you know celebrating the white man's holiday, yeah, and you know the way that they're doing it. And you know, I kind of actually you know had this thought because then you know, and especially now with how the pandemic's going, that it's kind of slowed down our participation in ceremonies and dances. That now you're starting to see people do that. That they're starting to just get up, get dressed, and dance when they want to. You're starting to see it because of social media. We're able to see when and how and where they're doing it. That you're starting to see some of our people getting up and just dancing outside their homes, yeah, or in places other than the kisundi. And you know, well, the one thing that it kind of made me think of is that because you know, when you think about like the hisatsino, when you think about the the ancient ones. That you know, the, there's all of these various ruins throughout the southwest, and you know, the Bahamas. They claim that you know these people just disappeared, and we don't know what happened yeah, to them. Yeah. Hopis, we know what happened to them. Yeah, we, we know the stories of the journeys that they made, and that in some of these ruins, that unfortunately, those communities were destroyed. Yeah, they were destroyed, and usually. The reason why they were destroyed was because that the people that were living in them, that they became wicked. I guess to to they became、uh, bad, <laughs> and and usually you know what the bad things that they were doing, usually had to do with something like、um, gambling. Yeah, and you know we made that comment before that Indian this concept of Indian gaming predates. Indian gaming—that <laughs> is—it's almost、uh, one of your favorite words、uh, in time and memorial. Time and memorial thing, and so you know, gambling was a, a very big part of the Hisatsinum culture. Yeah, is what we were told through our oral histories. And then the other thing that they've said what made people wicked was dancing. Yeah, that people were dancing too much. That they were dancing so much that they were dancing for pleasure. 
instead of dancing for the reasons that they're supposed to be、uh. dancing. And the people danced so much that they started to neglect their children. They started to neglect their responsibilities because all that the people wanted to do was dance. And you know, when I used to hear that, I used to think of the clubs, right? Yeah. <laughs> like you think about like hip hop clubs or country clubs, and you hear It, a lot of our people that they'll drop their kids off so they can go dance go dancing. at the clubs. But then now in this day and age, that you're seeing. The dancing taken to the extreme to where we're just getting up and dancing whenever we want to. It, it reminds me of that、uh, historical event that happened in, in around the 1500s where it was called the Dancing Plague.、Mm -hmm. You know, there a group of people started to dance at like a party and then the music stopped, but the people couldn't stop dancing for some reason and they just danced themselves to death. Oh, and,、really? and it involved the entire village back then. And it became, it's like this mindset of like, if I don't stop dancing, what will happen? So I'll continue to dance. And so it's like that same concept where, where like a lot of these Hopis, like, what happens if we stop dancing? And so it was like, it's, 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 it's bringing in that idea of like、um, trying to keep the, you know, the tradition is alive. But yet, we're doing it in sort of like a wrong time frame or timeline. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, it, that would be something to, I guess, talk about. And you could probably talk about this subject for over an hour. Oh, yeah. You know, and, you know, having、oh, yeah. various perspectives on it because that, you know, outside of Hopi, when, you know, you think about Indian country, that, of course, they encourage you to dance. Yeah. Because, like you said, it's keeping the culture alive, that it's keeping this practice alive. Going, but then when you think about Hopi and how Hopi's perspective is that there's a place and time to do that for everything, yeah. And so, you know, it's these two contrasting ideas, but then because we're starting to move into a more progressive and more external to Hopi perspective, oh, yeah, yeah, that you know, where's the balance in, in these two different ideas of preservation? And respecting your own culture. Yeah. As how your culture truly sees it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. You know, because we, because Hotvela does their traditional dances as well, too. And they do a lot of that. And they do it in that time frame. And a lot of、um, younger folks out there want to, to become like other villages where they do celebrate. You know, in the white man's tradition, but using our tradition as, as well, too. But then we, you know, talking amongst themselves, it's like, you know, maybe we shouldn't do that because of the way that we're presenting ourselves. Maybe、mm -hmm. we're not being a real Hopi if we do that kind of thing, but maybe we are being Hopi when we try to、um, preserve that through this, this era there or this time here.、Mm -hmm. And It, you know, it, it's that huge, great debate whether you, we want to become assimilated, but we're not assimilated, but then we kind of are assimilated. You know, <laughs> we're, we're fighting whether we're <clears throat> assimilated or not assimilated. But, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because you see it live. You see,、oh, yeah. you, see, you see this struggle that we're going through. Oh, yeah. yeah on yeah, a day to day、yeah. basis with that. And,、um, but I guess, you know, the other thing too that I wanted to cover, and you talked about it a little bit more. It's that because you know, we talked about how we celebrate the new year in the white man's way, going to yeah, parties, yeah. going to clubs, etc. And talked about how we celebrate the white man's new year here on the reservation with bingos or family gatherings or with buffalo dances. But then I guess, like, 
this idea of a Hopi New Year, which is Soyalang, which is what you talked about, yeah, is transitioning from the old year into the new year. And because Soyalang is a ceremony that we have out here or that we've had for, you know, hundreds of years, that it is a concept that is considered sacred. It is. And, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to do our best to try to talk about it without divulging too much. And I kind of shared with you what my strategy was going to be because, and then, you know, in addition to it being sacred, is that I personally don't know a whole lot about it. Oh, yeah. As far as, you know, what the real, from top the, to bottom, real logistics things. are because I'm not Wimke. Yeah, we're not into initiated Soyala. into that. I'm not yeah. initiated into this religious society, but there are tons of literature out there. I think there's, you know, <laughs> the Book of the Hopi by Frank Waters. There's uh, the, uh, the um, I, I believe it's a, a, a co- compilation of different events called Old Oraibi, which was written by uh, Mischa Titiev. And then, of oh, course, yeah. you know, there, there's there's all kinds of other things out there. Uh, the uh, the Sun Chief book, which is an autobiography of an Oraibi man who's essentially our father. His name is uh, Talayeswa. Yeah. And so every time I reference that book because, you know, he's Sun Clan and my wife is also Sun Clan. And so I'll tell my wife, well, according to your Taha, Talayeswa. <laughs> This is what it was like back then. And then you, so if you're really interested about this ceremony, Soyalang can be found, I guess, in those books. In those books. In those books, pretty much. Without us selling our souls. It's uh, a man, Oraivi likes to sell out all of the stuff there. (laughs) Well, I I, I just think Oraivi probably was more interesting of a place than the other two (laughs) mesas. So that's why all the Banas went there to learn learn knowledge. That's the place where you can get an Indian name for $5. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like, you know, during our time, and there is another time called Puamuya, where we all Puatota, you know, ourselves. You know what I was thinking? Because, um, I heard my boss talking to somebody on the phone and she was talking about February. Uh-huh. And this person she was talking to was a non-Hopi and she said, yeah, that's when we have our bean dance. Oh, yeah. And I thought in my head, like, why do we call it a bean dance? Because as, as a kid, I never, I used to hear that term often, bean dance. Bean dance, But yeah. as a kid, I never understood why it's called a bean dance. And then even in this, as an adult, like you just said, bowatota, yeah. that means... Purification. Purification one, yeah. So in reality, it should be called the purification dance. But yet we, <laughs> we continue call the, to call it the, the bean, dance. bean dance. I mean, I know why it's called the bean dance, but I mean, it, it just, when when the thing's called Pawomaya, then shouldn't we call it the purification <laughs> dance? Yeah, we're messed up pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> it's, been, it's in time and memorial. That's the reason why. <laughs> but I guess, you know, like as, as, as Hopis in the contemporary time, when Soyalang approaches that I remember being young, like as a child, that that time did have significance. Yeah. Because as you said, that's when we get our prayer feathers. Yeah. And then so I, as a kid, I always knew that, okay, around or after Christmas, we're going to get these prayer feathers. And being a lazy kid, it's like, fuck, I got to wake up at <laughs> at this Four, hour, four thirty, five o'clock in yeah. the morning, and then we gotta go down to the village, and then we gotta go to where we go to to make our prayer offerings. Yeah, and I know it's different from Mesa to Mesa, but the way that we do it, we do it four times. Uh-huh. So I know that ah, then I gotta do it three more times after that. Yeah, 
And then, you know, that's really going to ruin my beauty sleep because I actually <laughs> have to wake up early. And then the thing that made me laugh was that when I got into college, because then, you know, for anybody out there that's been to college, especially when it gets to the end of the fall semester, when you're dealing with um, with finals, yeah, you're yeah. dealing with end of the year projects, you're hardly sleeping. <laughs> you're hardly sleeping. And then you get through those finals and then your winter break comes. And then I used to think like, fuck, it's not even a winter break because then I have to go home. <laughs> I don't get to sleep. I have to wake up early do this, yeah. so we can renew our lives <laughs> for another year during Soyelang. And so I guess, you know, really for me to share that it's putting context and how different that time of the year might be for, for normal people. Yeah. That you actually have this process. And I guess really this be- this benefit, this opportunity to be able to pray in that way because then you know for like that like normal people yeah, they don't yeah. have that chance to do yeah exactly something like that you know and it makes us feel special in that way it makes us feel like we're we're doing something for the people and for ourselves because you know when you do pray you don't just pray for yourself you pray for everything you pray mm-hmm. for everybody and mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. and that's that's basically how prayer works is when you can pray for something good to happen for you, you pray for good to happen for somebody else. And and not just for somebody, but for everything, even the animals, the whole uh, land, the whole, pretty much everything. And referencing Talayasva uh, in, in, in the Sun Chief book, one thing that I re- really remember from that book is that he talks about when it comes to making the prayer feathers. Yeah. In his book, he would say, we made them for everybody and for anything of value, and meaning their homes, meaning the kivas, meaning their cars, meaning their pets, meaning their uh, their popko, like their sheep yeah. or their cattle for their cornfield. And then so, and that was the other thing too that kind of makes that time of the year unique. And I think you and I kind of had a real benefit of going to Tuba City High School because then we got to see what Ohopi's life was like in contrast to a different culture. Yeah. Because when the January school semester, the spring semester would start, I always used to think how neat it was that, you know, amongst all these Navajos, us Hopis would come to school and we'd have little feathers hanging Hanging, off of our sweaters or, you know, some people, they tie it to the top of their hat. And, you know, that that's kind of was our our protection, I guess. For, for the full year. And to me, it made me feel kind of special, I guess, yeah. in a way that as as opposed to the rest of the world, that we had this additional layer of protection. protection thanks to this idea of the Hopi New Year, yeah. which is Soyalang. And then, and then we've talked about this too before in a previous episode, because I did mention that during Soyalang that you do get prayer feathers for your vehicles yeah. as well. And that as a kid, I remember that, you know, you'd go to Flagstaff, you'd go to town or you'd go to Phoenix and then you'd be walking through the parking lot. And then sometimes you'd walk past a random car and you'd see a feather yeah. hanging in their rear view mirror. And then when you saw that, you knew that, oh, there's other Hopis here. Yeah. It was an identifier for Hopi, especially for Hopi, yeah. that these feathers were hanging in these rear view mirrors. But then as... We've moved on through the times that other tribes are now starting to <laughs> do, hang to do, feathers yeah. in their window. 
And, you know, I, I am pretty confident in this, that I swear, you know, growing up as a kid, that it really was only Hopi's that, that I had, had something had, like that. Had feathers yeah. in the rear rear mirror. But now you see everybody yeah, the, having Bahana's, feathers. Bahana's their making their own feathers in their <laughs> rear view mirror that has a little helmet of their, their favorite team. <laughs> but then, you know, you can tell the difference because, you know, the car feathers that Hopi's have, it's, it's a particular kind of feather. Oh, yeah. And that, you know, the common feathers of other tribes now that you usually see hanging in, in the um, hanging in the rear view mirror is the kovehe. Yeah. And, and so as a Hopi, you know, if you see kovehe hanging in a rear view mirror, <laughs> oh, they're, they're just Navajos. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just, I mean, like the whole idea behind us celebrating the new year is is far different than mainstream society's way of celebrating. Yes, we do. As Hopis, we do celebrate uh, New Year's just like them, but we don't do it on like a grand scale. We're not like gathering somewhere where we can watch the the great big, uh, you know, uh, pumpkin drop, or I don't know, what do they call that in Flagstaff? The acorn. Acorn, you know. I'd, we used to do that when we were when we were younger. We used to go to Flagstaff and watch the acorn, and it was cold. <laughs> it's all like, like, how is this fun? This is fun. We're standing outside and it's cold, and no stores are open, so we can go into. And you're standing in the middle of the street, you know, shouting ten, nine, eight. I was like, just drop the ball already, okay? What would be the Hopi equivalent to that of uh, the acorn drop? Um, could, uh, let's see. You can drop that. That's it. So, so a speed drop. All <laughs> 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 oh, my sister's speed drop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're getting a little bit too right. X-rated. Okay. So. <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that I kind of wanted to also talk about is um, I, I guess it kind of it doesn't really fall into this concept of celebrating the new year, but I guess really it's more in the concept of what Soyalung was because then it's not carried out anymore in most of the villages. Oh, yeah. In its full form. And that's a result of, I guess, I don't know if you attribute it to assimilation or colonization. I guess you would because then it was the result of the intrusion of the white man's way of life altering our own way of life. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, some of these ceremonies that were once practiced in great lengths now either don't exist anymore in some villages or only perform in a minimal fashion in other villages. But because I guess really the, the reason why that I bring that up is because when you think about this concept of an identity that, you know, because I did research Hopi, uh -huh. <laughs> research ourselves and you know, during my master's degree. But one thing that I learned and then, you know, this is this is in combination of, of literature and speaking with elders. Yeah. That, you know, a long time ago that in order to gain in order to earn this identity of being Hopi for a man, you had to go through several ceremonies. Basically, you had to earn several Stripes, Yeah. To be able to be called a Hopi man. And one of those stripes was being admitted into the, the, men's, the men's, yeah, men's society. Yeah. Society. Yeah. But because this ceremony isn't practiced in the manner that it was once ago that, you know, people, men like you and myself will never be able to gain admittance into that ceremony. Oh, yeah. So when you think about like a Hisat perspective, an old perspective, 
about what the identity of a Hopi man is that you and I will never truly live up to that because we don't have the chance to get initiated into some into of these, these ceremonies. Yeah. And I guess, you know, that's something that you and I haven't really talked about because then, you know, like for me to be from Winkapi, that at, at one point in time, all of the major ceremonies, the Puomayas, the Soyalangs, the Wudzims, that all of that was carried out at Oraivi. And so as Munkapis, we never really had that in our village. And so growing up as a child, I knew of getting initiated into Katina, but that was really all I knew. Yeah. And then so, you know, you go to these different trading posts and, you know, they have these books on Hopi <laughs> or even, you know, the, the, the famed uh, Kachina book. Yeah. The Kachina Bible, you read into them and they talk about things like Soyalang. They talk about things about like Wood. Yeah. You, they talk about these other ceremonies. And, you know, because I've never seen that myself growing up that I didn't understand what that was. But getting older and actually talking to older people about these concepts of what old Hopi life was like. And then you start to think like, man, we were kind of robbed of, you know, to be able to fully... To be- Live this our understanding of Hopi, yeah, 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 exactly. And you know, it's it's one thing to to practice like the Hopi traditions, but it's another thing to keep those traditions alive. Because yeah, like what you said, not a lot of our our villages out here, and there are twelve villages out here, and only you know, not even half of those villages um, still, you know, they they still participate in the traditional Hopi style, and then the rest of of the villages they pretty much have nothing there's nothing that goes on over there and so it, it is it's probably it why is we're dancing outside our house pretty much yeah it's probably why we're dancing for the social media stuff <laughs> and, and and you know just we're, to we're dancing for mark zuckerberg and <laughs> he's replaced dawa in our hierarchy of god <laughs> he's my first friend <laughs> and, and you know like the the whole idea and the whole concept behind that was to become more into that hopi tradition become more hopi and and so we we don't have that anymore, and it is it is sad in a way. It, it puts you in and, that sad mode. And I, I guess you know because like like for and I've I've expressed this before to other people that you know to see your own culture dissipate, yeah, to see the decline, like to actually physically see the decline is heartbreaking. Oh yeah, because then when you think about you know some of these other tribes that you know a lot of the people in this day and age. That they were born into their tribes already have lost everything. Oh yeah, and so I guess to an extent, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously they're sad that they don't have anything, but then I guess to go through this process of seeing your culture decline, to seeing less speak, people speak Hopi, to seeing our own people not having a full understanding of our concepts of respect for our culture and then inadvertently disrespecting our culture by some of these modern practices that we're doing because you know i'll admit it that i've cried before i've cried thinking about this topic yeah about the decline of our culture and just being heartbroken that you know we're we're on this path and and you know you you have to kind of think it take into consideration too because you know our children are never going to learn the true hopi Mm -hmm. way Mm-hmm. And you look at that and you're like, Okiwa, you know, you're like, it's like, oh man, 
They're not going to learn anything. You're going to be a white man with brown skin. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the buffalo dance oh, yeah. will, will, will continue. At least uh, we can and, uh, look forward to every year buffalo dance. So. <laughs> but you know you know what? Buffalo is going extinct. Oh, really? The the Hopi buffalo is going extinct. Oh, yeah. Because everybody just likes to dance. Uh, the, 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 the Pueblo buffaloes. Exactly. <laughs> it's so weird because when you look at... And everybody likes the Hopi buffalo dance, uh-huh. but nobody wants to do it because it's too hard. <laughs> it's easier for you to get in line with the drummer boys and then... Well, the reason why they probably like to dance the uh, Wakoma side is because everybody can participate drumming. And so, you know, there's nobody's left out. If you exactly. want to drum, you can drum. Just bring your drum and get in line, and then you can participate with the Wakoma side. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, during this new year, during this whole new year, I mean, it, it kind of it, it was weird because it didn't feel like a new year. It didn't feel like it was it was gonna change something, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and because you know because we are in a pandemic and we are in that and that mindset of like you know oh this is gonna be the same thing over and mm-hmm. over again. Mm-hmm. But and you know when we were doing our New Year's up at, at the house and we were you know Soul was already crashed out by eight thirty and had to wake Soul up just for the draw to, ball to drop. I'm like hey Soul wake 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 up, and um, we you know we we drank the. The, what was that apple cider the, 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 yeah, the cider the sparkling, the sparkling cider. cider that everybody buys at walmart you know we <laughs> bought that and we drank that and we you know we wished but each other well probably had his flask because <laughs> he was uh, putting the good stuff putting in his the real cup. stuff yeah. in there <laughs> you know my thai he's still uh celebrating the new year right now <laughs> you know it's week four it's week four you know come on <laughs> it's week four right now at the you know you can stop celebrating new year <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I guess you know, apologies to the listeners about you know kind of bringing the mood down. But you yeah. know, un- unfortunately, these things are happening, and, yeah, and I, I think it's important for us to talk about it and to get some wheels turning for some folks out there. Because I guess you know, to before we end this episode, because one of the things that I did want to talk about before we go is uh, kind of about the pandemic, but really how it has affected ceremony. Yeah. How it has affected our villages. Because although, you know, we have talked about the pandemic several times on some of our past episodes, and really, you know, going into this episode, planning a week out ahead, I didn't really even think to talk about this, but I think because of what's going on right now, it'd be hard to not talk about it because it is something that's heavy on my heart. That, you know, unfortunately, because of this pandemic that last year, for, for the most part, that most of the villages suspended all of their ceremonies. Their ceremonies yeah. And so, you know, we talked about Bawomuya, that a lot of the villages didn't have Bawomuya. We talked about Soyalang, that some of the villages that still perform Soyalang didn't do it or even did an even more reduced like, version yeah. of the already reduced version that these villages are practicing it. And, you know, I, I think that it, it's kind of, um, I, I've had this idea in my head that it, it really is a struggle because then when you think about people out here as it relates to the pandemic, that people are still scared. That there are oh, yeah. some people that are still afraid of it. And, you know, when I think about my own personal thoughts on the pandemic, that, you know, to be, I guess, kind of able-bodied and somewhat healthy, that I don't have as much fear about, the, the COVID-19 virus as some other people may 
But then, you know, that's coming from my own perspective and experiences and that, you know, this past year that we've been pretty fortunate that we didn't have a whole lot of dire situations within my family as compared to how other families have experienced exactly. the pandemic because some families, this pandemic has been a nightmare, like it, a it complete has. nightmare. And, you know, and I, I think that because so many people have experienced some of the very worst that this virus can do, then that probably has increased their fear. And, you know, kind of uh, having this 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 attitude to where they'd rather just stay in and just wait till this whole thing blows by. But as for me, being, I guess, the faith that I have in our ceremony, and I told my nephew this, is that, you know, I, I think that in order for our people to get past this, we still have to smoke. We still have to pray. Yeah. We still yeah. have to do these Hopi things because those these Hopi things were created for that purpose so that we could get through life. So that we could get through life and have blessings coming into our homes, into our villages. You know, so <clears throat> you know, before we before we kind of go on and, you know, do our episodes a little bit more and uh, I would like to thank everybody out there and I would like to uh, thank you for supporting us because without you guys, you know, we, we wouldn't be here today giving you all the jokes, giving you all, you know, uh, making me making my sisters mad at, at me. And uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, my sister's probably going to throw me under the bus again. So, you know, it, it's and and I know that a lot of you guys had um, dealt with this virus and, and you are guys are and I'm pretty sure that every family has a person or knows of a person that is going through the sickness and is going through that. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very sorry. And all my hearts and my prayers going there, all my T's and P's going out to you guys, shouting out my T's and P's to you guys. So. You know, again, I, you know, thank you guys for sticking with us so far. You know, I know it's, it's almost about an hour of, of talk time here and uh, I got to, you know, we got to get out of here. So, <laughs> and you know, I, 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 well, I guess the other thing too, that I wanted to add about what I was saying about the pandemic, because now we're getting to this point to where it's not just about the virus itself, but then when you think about the policies and some of the mandates that are out there as a result of the pandemic, that of course, you know, if you get COVID, you can't go to work. Oh yeah. You know, the, the, yeah. There's, there's mandates and policies for a lot of places. Um, but then I don't know if you've been to Bashes in Tuba City lately, but if you go there now, it looks like the walking dead because then there will be shells that are completely cleaned out. I went there over the weekend and they almost had absolutely no sickly, but I guess that's because as a result of the pandemic, they're so short on workers that a lot of workers aren't able to work because they're catching COVID. Mm, well, you know, uh, um, you know, I, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very hard to, you know, easy to say T's and P's. <laughs> but it's 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 so hard to do something about it. I mean, uh -huh. just stay inside. Don't touch. Don't touch anybody. Don't touch yourself. Don't touch. You know. Don't touch anything. Just uh, you, just be in your little corner. You nasty people need to stop being nasty. <laughs> so we can. This whole thing can go back to normal. 
All right. Well, if you got this far, thank you again for sticking with us this far in the podcast. Um, if you guys want to donate something, go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to become a monthly sponsor. Or if you guys want to become a, uh, a season sponsor, email us at CJ podcast 85 at gmail.com to see if you can become our our season sponsor because we are still looking for season sponsors. And if you're not following us on our social media accounts, you can follow us at Carl and J-Man all across the boards at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. If you are listening to this on YouTube, we still are on YouTube, Carl, that yes. please uh, hit the like button. Don't forget to subscribe. We actually, our subscribers for our YouTube actually jumped up during this uh, oh, really? two month break that we took. So I thank you to everybody out there that has subscribed to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on Apple podcast, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. That really does help us out and uh, listen to us on Spotify because Carl sold our soul to uh, Spotify. <laughs> so Spotify, thank you for uh, the change that you sent us. Go quick. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long. Go quick.